are amazing. We are grateful. Can we give one more praise? God, a praise for the praise team. Amen. That God has blessed us the praise team this morning. They did an excellent job. Sounded wonderful. I appreciate you guys. And uh, worship was awesome. I thank God for that. Amen. For the prayer and everything God's going on. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord as we get ready to go through this thing and um, see what God has to say. Amen. Amen. So as most of you know, we're in a series entitled Application. Say application. 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 This is very important and very critical dealing with apps and application. I believe that's where we are at in society. So I'm hoping this series touched you in a special way. So last week we did I read and today this week we're going to do I pray. Amen. Amen. I pray. I pray. So the reason I feel God gave me this series and this title is because we all use applications. That's what we do. We all use applications, whether it's on our phones, our tablets, and uh, sometimes even in our watches. Technology has gone so far. We all use applications. But I believe if you take to heart what I'm saying and listen and then apply this to your life, God's going to change your life in a major way. God's going to change his church in a major way, but we have to apply it. So we're going to review the definition of application real quick. I want you to get this in your spirit. Application. The action of putting something into operation. The action of putting something into operation. So when I download an app, so when we buy our phones, they already come pre-programmed. But if I want Facebook, social, uh, Instagram, or Snapchat, I have to do what? I have to put that app on my phone or it will not work on my phone. But some apps do work if I have internet access. But when I go to them, I put in Facebook.com, it might work, but it's a watered down version. It doesn't work as well as it normally would. So I think that's what we do sometimes. We want the watered down version of Christianity. Yeah, yeah. I want the Christianity that I never have to read my Bible. I read isn't important. I don't have to read my Bible. But I want to be a Christian. Um, I want the Christianity when I pray, but only for emergencies or if I really need something. I don't want to talk to God all the time. I don't want me and God to kick it like that. I just want to pray when I really need something, God. Uh, I want the Christianity where I, I want the blessings to rain on me. I want God to open up the windows and pour down the blessings of heaven. But I don't want to have to tithe. I, I, don't, I don't want that. I don't want to have to do that. But I, I expect God to give me all those things. Um, I want the cry to Christianity when I want to love and forgive when it's only convenient for me. Yeah, yeah. I want to love, but, but if you ain't loving me back, I don't have to love you. Uh, I want to forgive, but if you don't forgive me, I don't, I don't have to forgive you. I want the kind of Christianity where I only worship when I feel like it. That, that, that's where I find a lot of us that we only worship when we feel like it. And I love uh, Brother Brian Cage. He had this song. He said, even when I don't feel like it, I'm clapping my hands. Uh, even when I don't feel like it, I'm standing on my feet. Why? Because he's been that good and that kind. So you got to get into a point in your life that God's been so good. Even when I don't feel like it, I might be tired. I might be hurting. My heart might be breaking, but I got my right mind. I might be messed up, but I got my strength. I might be going crazy, but I got my kids. Somebody reading right now because they ain't got this. So I got to be excited and still glad that God is God. Even though my mind and the world is telling me not to thank him, that's where I find my strength. So when I go to the app store, what do I have to do? I have to go and download the app, which means what? When I download it, I have to use up my memory and it takes up my space. Wow. Use my memory. Those that know back when the iPhones only came with 16 gigs, you had to be careful what you downloaded. Amen. You didn't have that much room. But if I take this app seriously and I want it, I have to download it. It takes up memory in my space, which means what? I think that is valuable. Because I'm going to put it on my phone. So when I think it's valuable, that means sometimes I might have to delete something else that I don't think is important to use it on my phone. 
Don't, don't miss that. Don't miss that. I might have to delete something when I think something else is more valuable. My kids, when uh, Mario Kart came out for the iPhone, they were going crazy. They didn't have enough room. Dad, I got to delete this. Like, show Daddy, show me how to do this, how to do that. Daddy, you got to put a credit card information number. They need this. They need it. Just going crazy, trying to make a room and space for their phone to get this app on their phone because they wanted it and they deemed it valuable. So what are we deeming valuable in our life and our spirit? What information are we downloading in our minds and our spirit that is outside the will of God? And if I continue to download all this stuff in my mind and my spirit that outside the will of God, at some point, I'm going to have to make room and delete it to get enough memory. Amen, amen. See, last week I talked about I read and, and, and how it functions. I read, I read my Bible. So if I'm going to put I read on my, on, on my life, I read, I might not have to delete some of my Facebook time. Because I have to I read my Bible. If I'm going to get to I pray tonight, I got to start maybe let loose some of my IG time. Because I got to go to I pray. So four things we want to get from this series. Don't miss this. I want to get this in your spirit. A desire for God's word. We got to read God's word. We have to apply it to our lives or our lives won't change. That's the bottom line. Uh, uh, You have to trust God. Amen. Amen. Trust God. Amen. We read Proverbs 3 today, right? Trust the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to your own understanding. But in all my ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do you really trust God? Then when it don't make no sense, when I do I trust him when I can't trace him? Do I trust him when my eyes is deceiving me? Everything around me is wrong. Like the whole world is crumbling, but God is still God. We got to trust God. Experience answer prayer. I want you guys to experience answer prayer. That's what I'm talking about today. I pray because there's nothing like experiencing answer prayer. Knowing that you put something before God, it was on your heart. You gave it to Him, and then He answered it for you. There's nothing in the world like that. And then the last thing, discipleship. We got to take it seriously. Building our brothers and sisters in Christ because the world needs Jesus. But they can't get them if we don't tell them about Jesus and we don't be an example to them. So we have to present the discipleship as well. Amen. Amen. So the first scripture we're going to look at, Psalms 55, verse 16 and 17. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. I love that. I love that. As for me, I can't speak for everybody else. But as for me, y'all missed it, but it's cool. But I will call upon the Lord. See, I believe that we, the psalmist wrote this. He's saying, I'm going to call upon the Lord because he knows I can't accomplish this without God. And if I could, I would have did it already. But I can't, so I got to go to my help and my strength. And look what he says every morning, noon, and night. We've established noon prayer at the church. Amen. I believe that's established. We pray every day at noon, and I get that, and and I'm grateful for that because you're praying. I want you guys to pray and grow in God, but guess what? Tell your neighbor, it's time to dig deeper. deeper. It's time to grow up just a little bit. Uh, God is pushing us past noon prayer. Amen. I talked about this on Wednesday. The Muslims pray five times a day. They get down, they face Mecca, they get low, and they pray five times a day. This psalmist right here is for the Hebrews and the Jews. They say every morning, noon, and night, they pray three times a day intentionally. American Christians, not so much. We pray over our food. We say grace. As we, we know we're going to say grace. Amen. We, we got nothing else we're going to say grace. But God is pushing you to say we got to get our prayer life in order. That God wants to come and experience. He wants us to experience certain things, but he can't until we get our prayer life together. So the first C of our prayer is this. God wants to build a cycle of praying. 
what is a cycle? Something that's continually going and is growing a cycle of praying. So every morning, noon, and night, each one of us has to spend time with God in the morning, noon, and night. But check this out. One of them is your best time. So this is when you pray fervently. You pray hard as you can. If you're a night person before you go to bed, you put the kids down, go aside and pray and go and pray like you ain't prayed before. You go give that time to God, that desire, that time, that TV down. Cut that off for a little bit and go give it to God. If you're a morning person, get up a little bit earlier and say, before the kids get up, I'm about to cover them in the blood. I'm about to cover my house, my day, my job, everything. I'm about to pray and get my day started. I'm learning how to be a morning person because I like to get my day started with God. There's a difference and God is stretching me so the morning is kind of different. I love it. And I'll give you another scripture. Why? But God is saying this. You do everything else anyway. Right. When you wake up in the morning, how many of us grab Facebook before we pray? Right. Amen. I, I'm, just, I'm just keeping it real. Yeah. I, I, I've done it before. When you grab and you look at your phone before you even get up and pray. But what if you say, I'm going to download my iPray app first. Yeah. And, and I open my eyes. I might check yeah. the time and see what time it is. But then I'm going to thank God that I open my eyes. Uh, I'm going to thank God that he kept my house safe overnight. I'm going to thank God that he woke my babies up. I'm going to thank God that I got a job. I'm going to thank God that I got my right mind. I'm going to thank God that I got some transportation. I'm going to thank God for everything he got. I'm going to thank God. And then the things that's wrong, I'm going to pray for those things that God will fix those things before I do anything else. Whichever we got to learn to pursue God in prayer. Amen. So the first thing we have to establish is the cycle. Morning, noon, and night. It's time to move beyond noon prayer. And give some morning, noon, and night prayers. Amen? Amen? The next thing God wants to build is communication. Prayer builds communication. Say communication. communication. Look at this, Psalms 5. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my king and my God. For to you I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning. Yeah. Oh Lord, in the morning I will direct it to you and I will look it up. So this psalmist says, look here, God, you're going to hear my voice in the morning. And this is why I said God stretched me and pushed me to the morning because I noticed this. If I don't do it first thing in the morning, I usually don't do it. I get busy. I get distracted. Things going on. I got kids. They talking, running, fussing, doing everything else. I get them to school, get to work. I might have some little time in the car, but I'm talking about beyond that, some of that intimate time when it's just me and God and I ain't got to worry about nobody. That's why he says, in the morning, you're going to hear my voice, God. I'm going to look up and direct it to you. And check this out. I love this because when you hear somebody's voice constantly, that means what? They're familiar with you. When you don't hear my voice, that means I'm not that familiar with you. So, 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 check this out. Check this out. He's saying you're going to hear my voice every morning. So the people that talk to God every morning view God a little different than people that don't talk to him too often. Why? Because he's your father. You have a bonding relationship. Uh, I, when I'm asking to him, I'm coming to him. It's a little bit different. Versus, like, he's some wealthy man, my father, and I only come to him when I need something. Yeah. And don't talk to him any other time. Yeah. See, we want to be a friend of God. Say friend of God. Friend of God. Abraham was considered a friend of God. And that's one of those songs we love to sing. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. We like to sing songs that have no understanding of how the scripture works. Abraham was a friend with God. Why? Because he communicated with God. Yeah. When God told him, look, Abraham, you go move, leave your father's house and go to a foreign country. If God told you to get up and move to Arizona right now, how many would go? Not many. <laughs> what I'm going to do, God? I ain't got nothing. I don't have a job. I didn't know. And God said, Abraham, go to a foreign country, leave your father's house. Abraham got up and moved. Uh, uh, Abraham was the first person to tithe in the Bible. We'll talk about that before the tithe was even there. He, he came and God had blessed him. He seen the priest, Michael, and said, I'm going to give you a tenth of everything I got. That means he's listening to God. 
uh, 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 God told him, look here, I'm going to give you a son. I know you're 100 years old and all that. You're too old, but guess what? I know your wife old too. She's about 90, but y'all going to have a son. And the wife laughed at Abraham. He said, what, is anything too hard for God? He knew he God could do it. Why? Because he was communicating with God. They were friends. Okay, I'll give you another one. He had his son. Then God said, look here, I need you to go sacrifice your son. I need you to go kill your son for me right now. And Abraham, I'm sure he was tripping like, what? But I talked to God this much. I love God this much. He ain't never let me down, so I'm going to do what God said do. And God provided a ram in a bush. Why was he a friend of God? Because him and God had constant communication. So if I'm going to be a friend of God, i got to have constant communication. And if I don't have that, would it be safe to say that I'm a stranger of God? When I'm not praying and God isn't hearing my voice, could I be a stranger of God? So we got to get to the point that we're not just coming to God and just dumping our issues on him and then just walking away and say it's over. No. Prayer is more than just dumping our issues. True, it says casting our cares upon him because he cares for us. But guess what? You also got to listen. Because God talks in prayer. He gives you his will in prayer, but you got to listen as much as you have to talk as well. Sometimes when I pray, I just sit there and say, Lord, what do you got to say to me? Put something in my heart, my mind, and my spirit that you want to say to me. Because I might be talking too much and I ain't hearing what you got to say. So prayer helps us learn the voice of God. Jesus said this, that, that, that my sheep know my voice and another they won't follow. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, y'all don't yeah, get it, okay. Yeah. We went to Holiday World uh, back in September. We went to Holiday World for the little church trip. And we were there and we was riding the rides. And it was me, uh, my, me, Miracle, and Daniel rode together. And then my mom, Alexis, and Destiny, her friend, rode together. So we got to the water park late. So we was like, we got to get on the water rides. We're about to close. We got to hurry up. So we're going to run and get to these rides. So I got on one ride. I hopped out with the kids. I ran to another ride that was over there to try to hurry up and get in line. There was a few people behind me. So we got across the place. It's a whole bridge we had to go over. We went across. And I said, they're not going to be able to find us. So I'm going to wait for a minute. So I wait for them to come off the ride. And I begin to yell, mama, mama. Nobody moving. <laughs> I ain't moving. We trying to yell, hey, Lexus. They trying to yell, uh, uh, Destiny's friend that's with us. And then I begin to yell, Destiny, Destiny. And as they were sitting there looking around, Destiny looked around and said, I heard my father's voice. Y'all missed it. <laughs> uh, uh, because she's familiar with me and our communication and said, didn't nobody else hear me? But Destiny looked around and said, I hear my daddy's voice. And then she seen me in Miracle and Daniel and ran over to us. All I'm saying is that when you keep your communication right with God, he hear your voice. He hear your cry. He hear your prayer. He hear everything you say, but you got to keep that open communication with him. So the next thing that, that prayer builds in the I, I Pray app is this. Look this. Prayer keeps me open to confession. Ooh, yes. Confession is real. Confession, what is it? confession good for the soul. Isn't that what it say? I don't know what the Bible say, but it's true. Amen. Confession is good for the soul. That's just something that's true. Look at Psalm 66 real quick. And it says this. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen and paid attention to my prayer. Wow. Wow, that's deep, that's deep. We're ready to get our cycles together. We want to pray every morning, noon, and night. Pastor, I hear you. I can dig that. We're going to get our communication together. I'm going to talk to God. Me and God are going to get on one accord. I, I, I get that. But check this out. If you're going to communicate with the one who knows all, the one who sees all, the one who forms you in your mother's womb, the one who's the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, if you're going to communicate with him, you got to also reveal all as well. You got to be ready to reveal. And it isn't that God doesn't see our sins. He sees them. He know when we did them, how we did them. He even gave us a way to escape. We didn't take. Praise God. Amen. He know everything about it. So, so he ain't, you ain't hiding nothing from him. He knows your sin. He saw it. 
and he knows it. But the point is, if I'm willing to repent, that means I'm humble. Amen. That means I don't think I'm all that. God, that means God, I need some help. Yeah. God, I'm struggling. I got some issues. But if I don't want to repent and I keep it with me and think I can come to God any kind of way, that means I'm prideful. Uh-huh. That I don't care if I did sin. God, I expect you still to forgive me. I expect you still to do this. So there is a difference. Check this out. If he, if I don't confess it, then he can't cover it. God's job is to cover our sins. He knows we're sinners. He covers our sins. But if I don't confess it, he can't do that. If I don't repent, he can't repair it. Which means that I'm stuck in my same situation. If he can't repair it, then I'm doomed to repeat it. Praise God. So you got to understand that confession and repentance gets you out of the mess that you're stuck in. It helps me to get free. But when I hold it in my heart and hold on to it, I can't get rid of it. It's like a stronghold in a cloud that keeps me bottled up. No, God wants you to get free from it. Okay, since we're talking about forgiveness, let's jump over to the New Testament real quick. Let's, let's look at Jesus. Mark 11 says this in 24. He says this, I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Woo! Jesus dropped a bomb on somebody's prayer life today. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Could it be the reason your prayers are hitting the ceiling and not getting to the throne? Because you won't forgive? Wow. Help us, Lord. Could that be it? We're trying to move in God's will and believe his plan and purpose for our life. And we want to do all these things, but we won't forgive. Trust this. When you're moving in God's will, people that you love, people that you believed in, people that you thought had your back will hurt you. And you got to forgive them. God is saying, look here, before you come to me with your petitions and your big faith and you want to ask me for this and that, before you do all that, you got to go forgive somebody. Because if you don't forgive them, then I can't forgive you. And plus, whatever they did, whatever they did to you, you've already done worse than me. You've lied on me. You said you weren't going to do it no more, and you did it. You cheated on me. You said you weren't going to go back that way no more, and you did it. You know, I, and I still forgave you, so who are you not to forgive nobody? God is saying, look here, and then he even gave us an example through his son. Do you know that Jesus picked Judas? He picked the snake. And Judas was stealing money all throughout the thing. He was stealing money, and Jesus still rocked with him, didn't treat him any different. Jesus still kicked him with him up until the very end. He betrayed him and still didn't kick him to the curb. If Judas would have repented, he would have took him back. He's saying, look what my son did when he was on the cross, hanging there bleeding. What did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. My God, my God. So if you're going to keep your communication tight with God, you've got to forgive people. You better do what Jesus did. Say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, 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 those that are going to get married and I'm going to be a great husband one day. I'm going to pray and I'm going to lay hands on my family. I'm going to provide for my family. I'm going to do everything I need to do. And if somebody else is tripping, I might have hurt on my past. Guess what? You better say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I can't let you block my blessing. Uh, if I'm going to be a good wife one day, I'm going to cook, pray, and slay. I'm going to hold it all down. I'm going to hold my whole house together. I'm going to do everything together. And if he want to trip and leave and do whatever he want to do, better say, Father, forgive him for he know not what he do. I'm just saying, you got to learn how to say forget that and forgive him because God got something good for you. Okay, okay, okay. Let me help you out. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the one who invented Facebook, 15 years ago, he had a meeting in his dorm room. He discussed what he thought Facebook was going to be. He invited five people to this meeting. Only two people showed up. One of them is Dustin Moskovitz. He's worth $6.5 billion. The other one is Gerardo Severin. He's worth $3.4 billion. The other three are probably sick right now, praise God. Amen. They, 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 probably, they probably hurt right now. But, but, but the trip me out, though, was Mark didn't hold no hard feelings. 
He didn't say, you know what, y'all didn't show up. I'm mad and angry and shouting. Nah, it's cool. Y'all hear that? We're about to make this thing happen. All I'm saying is that God got some blessings for you. God got some things you've been praying for and asking for him to do. And if you mad at other people that don't show up for you, you mad at people and holding grudges against you, you ain't going to be able to get what God has for you. I got too much to get to be mad at you. God has forgiven me for too much to be mad at you. God has shown me too much love to be mad at you. God wants to take me somewhere in my life. I can't be mad at you. I got to move on and have what God has for me. I got marriages I got to help. I got singles I got to help. I got businesses we got to get open. I got people that got to get saved. I got too much God got to do and so do you. We got degrees to get. We got children to raise and I ain't got time to be dealing with you because you mad over there. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You're not about to block my blessings because you mad at me. You got to learn to forgive people. People will hold you back. And God has blessings for you that he wants to release. He wants to rain on your lives. But you're bitter in your heart. And God's saying, when you let that go, I can give you what I got. But until you let it go, I got to hold on to it because you ain't ready for it. So another thing, another see, and I pray what it does. Prayer builds confidence in God. Say confidence in God. Yeah, that's something we got to have. And we're going to grow and get to where we need to be. Trust in God brings confidence in God. I'm getting to a point in my life, faith is going to hold another level. I'm believing God is to do crazy stuff. Uh, I, I, I'm loving, I'm believing God to do amazing things. He's already done amazing things. So I'm loving, I'm just like, my confidence in God is growing and growing step by step. So I'm going to give you a little uh, a story real quick. In Mark 11, we talked about it earlier. Jesus sees a fig tree. He goes by the fig tree, some figs on it. He's hungry. He says, you know what? I, I, I want something to eat. He looks at the tree. It has leaves, but it doesn't have no figs on it. So then Jesus curses the fig tree, says nobody's going to eat from it. He leaves. He goes another teacher. He teaches another day. And then the next morning, they come past again the tree. The disciples walk past it, and they see the roots of the tree. It's gone. And Peter says, hey, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed, it withered away. And look at what Jesus said to him. So Jesus answered and said to him, have faith in God. Amen. Yeah, somebody missed that shout. That's cool. I'm going to read it again. <laughs> Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Lord, Think Lord. about that. Lord. They rolling with Jesus. They rocking with him. They rocking with the Lord and Savior, the one that is Jesus. And he's telling them to have faith in God. Could it be the problem that we're not getting our prayers answered because we really don't have faith in God? Yeah. We're making wishes and not prayers. We're just throwing it up in the air, hoping God catches it, and we just hope it comes down. No, no, no. Have faith in God. She just told them, you got to have faith in God. Believe in me like you believe in this, believe in these lights. Believe in me like you believe in other people. Believe in me like you believe that job going to have a check for you in two weeks. Believe in me. I'm God. Believe in me. Have faith. And it's just me out because we have faith in everything. Everybody sitting in the chair today got faith. You believe that chair going to hold you up. Everybody, we have faith in what? We have faith in our car. The more better start up, we put that key in there. Yeah. It bag, this shit better get to moving, or we gonna have some problems. It's crazy. And then guess what? You know what you mean a lot of times? We got faith in people that mean us no good. Yeah. People that do us wrong. Yeah. Lie, manipulate, and trick. And we continue. I'm not saying don't forgive them, but I'm saying don't be foolish, praise God. Uh, don't keep going to the same mistakes. The people keep on and keep on. And you, I'm going to give them one more chance. They're going to do right this time. I just know what I know. No, baby, no. You got to know. The Bible said don't cast no pearls but, uh, but by swine. That means I don't bring good things. 
thanks to swine because swine don't mean me no good. You gotta know and understand you have faith in people and all these other things and the job and the job will let you go. We have faith in everything else. But Jesus says, no, have faith in God. Then he says this, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. My God, my God. So Jesus is telling he said, if you have faith in me, then you, you can say about anything, you can pray about anything and have faith, and I'll do it. But the key is, it's some more to it than that, but you gotta understand that it starts with your faith. If you don't have faith, then God can't move. Look at what he says after this in verse 24. I tell you, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So God is saying, look here, you got to come to me. It's one of my favorite scriptures, 1124. It's up in my prayer closet, actually. Whatever you pray for. And when life gets to beat us up, we stop praying for whatever. When we get when things don't go how we think they should, we stop praying for whatever. Yeah. And we don't begin to dream and think God can do exceedingly and abundantly no more. The Bible says if he's going to do more yeah. than we can imagine or yeah. think, that means God wants to blow your mind. So if my dreams or whatever they are, if I feel I can accomplish them in my own strength, that means they're too small. And I feel I can accomplish it. That ain't what God will for me is. God wants to release them with approval on me. So God wants to handle it. So when I come to God in prayer and faith, I need to ask him for more than I can ever think of and imagine. God has put greatness inside of us, but you got to go get it. And you got to believe he's going to help you to achieve it. But what do we do? We sell ourselves short so many times. God has this set up for us, but we settle for this. God wants to give us big blessings, but we settle for the bargain basement. Why? God wants to hook you up, but you got to get your faith right first. And then you got to be able to believe he can do anything but fail. He's God. So look at this. Another scripture right here. First John 5 and 14 says this. Now, this is the confidence. That's that word. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Wow. Wow. God saying, look, have some confidence in me. If you ask anything. What does anything mean? Oh, God's making sure anything, anything. Anything according to his will, he hears us. Then it says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So God is saying, look here, y'all. I hear you when you ask according to my will. So I'm not just saying to pick up a mountain and be removed just to say it. Don't just pray for anything because you want to pray for it. That's not what whatever means. It means that it has some purpose and it's attached to his will. Don't miss that. So the secret sauce to going with God in confidence, the secret sauce to getting to your prayer answer, the secret sauce to make that thing work is what? Praying and asking according to his will. Don't miss that. Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven as it is in earth. Before Jesus start asking God for anything, before Jesus start putting his petition, when he was teaching them how to pray, he said, first, pray that his will is done in earth as it is in heaven. So that's why I have to read the Bible because that tells me what his will is. 
I can't move in his will if I don't know his word. Yeah. My prayers don't have as much power when they're not backed up by his word because I'm asking for things, I'm praying for things, but it's no word attached to him. I told you last week, his word goes forth and it comes back not to him void. Yeah. It comes down, it grows, yeah. it produces, it waters, yeah. it strengthens. His word has power in it. So you have to pray the word. Amen. So he says to pray according to God's will. Check this out. Is to pray in the accord and what he would want, mm. not just what we would desire or insist him to do. Yeah. That's a tough one to swallow sometimes. Because we want God to do what we want God to do. Amen. And we want it now. <laughs> and it ain't that God don't want to do sometimes what we want him to do. But what did Jesus say? Seek ye first yeah. the kingdom of God yeah. and all his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. But we're not seeking him first. He can't give you the things that you want. Because nine times out of ten, what you want, you got some bad habits. You drink, you smoke, you sleep around. You got all these bad habits. And if I give you the million dollars you want, all it's going to do is intensify what's already in your heart. And I can't help you like I need to help you, but the enemy will let you kill yourself with it. So what he's saying is I'm trying to help you, but when you seek me first and you get me first, now when you want the million dollars, it's a plan behind it. It's some people to help. It's some kids to help. It's some people to get saved. It's a plan behind it. So now it's according to my will. So answer prayer. Check this out. Also depends on obedience to God's commandments and avoidance to sin. Uh, you can't just throw a dollar and holler. I'm not that pastor. You can't just say, I'm going to get my money and believe God's going to do it. Nah, 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 nah. I'm just going to praise my way through it. I'm going to praise, praise, and praise. You are supposed to praise. Don't get it wrong. But if you're continually in sin, you got to get out of the sin. Yeah. The confession piece. God wants to get you out of that. So avoidance of sin. Last week, we talked about reading your Bibles. How many people honestly read their Bibles last week? Amen. 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 Praise God. I want to challenge you. Every day, though. Every day, we got to get to a point, 10 to 15 minutes every day you are spending in your word. I'm telling you now, 10 to 15 minutes a day will change your life. You will begin to want more and desire more of God's word and see what he's saying to you. I want to challenge you. Are we praying morning, noon, and night? We got to ask God to come in our lives. Start getting you a prayer journal. Start writing your prayers down. What you want God to do and how you want him to do it. And when you want it to be done. And just because it might not happen in exactly that time table don't mean he won't answer it. My prayer was to have the daycare open tomorrow. It ain't open, but we got the keys. Praise God. Amen. So it might not be happening exactly on the time table I want, but the things is happening when I wrote them down. So God, allow God to move. Check this out. The Bible says this, the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. So God has put something. He's saying, look here, when you're praying, if you're living right, if you're in right standing with me, if you're doing what I ask you to do, it's more likely your prayers are going to be answered. Don't miss that. God wants to answer your prayers, but he wants to make sure we're in his will, we're in the right standing, and we're standing in righteousness. This allows the doors to be open. That would usually be closed. So check this out. I'm almost done, really. God says this. Look here. When you're communicating with me, keeping the communication open, we're we're, we're friends. We have an open dialogue with each other. When I build a cycle of prayer in my life, I'm praying morning, noon, and night. Me and God are praying on one accord. When I'm forgiving people, those that don't need to be forgiven, it seems like those that are wrong, when I'm apt to forgive people, when I'm striving for righteousness and I have faith in God, it's like having A1 credit. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what A1 credit is? So, so when you got to go get something or a car, yeah, yeah. Uh, when your credit score ain't what it need to be, you're a little shaky when you go in there. Praise God. Amen. You, uh, you might be doubting. You pray, but you doubt. You ain't walking in faith. You doubting. Uh, God, I know you can do anything, but that 400 is just bad, God. I don't know if that's your will for me. Uh, when you go in there, you're nervous. You're not feeling like yourself because you know you want it and you need it, but somebody else on the other end got control of what they're going to give to you. So you don't have confidence. You might have prayed, but your confidence is low. You're not, but, but, but when I got a 750, but when I got an 800, I can walk in there and say, I don't care what you about to say. I know you about to give it to me at the right interest rate, at the right price. I'm about to get what I need. All I'm saying with God, but when you were living right and you've been focused on praying and you've been forgiven and you've been serving and you've been tithing and you've been doing what you're supposed to do, you can go to God with A1 credit and say, God, oh God, you promised you would bless me. You promised you would give this to me. You said it in your word and I can have it and I receive it. So God is trying to build your confidence in him that when I come to him, I have A1 credit. That my prayer life is so tight. That I'm living so right. Not perfect. We all make mistakes. But I'm in the right relationship. When I mess up, I confess it. I don't hold it in my heart. That now I'm rolling tight with God. And what I know what's in his will through his word, he gonna give it to me. Because he said he would. Amen. Amen. You got to praise in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you, God, for your word, your love, your peace, and your passion. And we thank you, God. Let us give you glory for what you are doing.